How you going, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Ferika Podcast. This week we have in the studio brother Khan Opley. We spoke a lot about his journey towards becoming a professional MMA fighter and inshallah debuting in the UFC in the near future. So make sure he's in your du'as. Um, we spoke about a certain personal tragic that also changed his life. So just, that's just a little disclaimer there just to make sure you guys are aware of it. We spoke a lot about his upbringing and what motivates him and in the insight of you know the his development as well so even if you don't enjoy the mma that much i guarantee you still learn a lot from him and you will still enjoy this episode because he's a beautiful brother we really enjoyed spending the time with him and appreciate him making time for us so enjoy the episode assalamu alaikum listeners this is a warning we would like to stress that this episode contains content that may be triggering for some listeners so viewer discretion is advised Like this, so what what kind of what kind of effect does that jumping from school to school have on a kid? You know, that do you feel like you've never had a place to call home per se, or do you feel like that's affected you in a good way? As as to like you're not very comfortable, so you're you know you're comfortable in the uncomf in the uncomfort. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For sure, I've all the things that have kind of happened in my life. Um, I've tried to uh, allow it to. Um, make its place in in my fighting you know going through uncomfortable times or moving places um it's definitely not easy for a kid to keep moving schools and making new friends or you know struggling to make friends hmm. um and moving locations and there's there's a few types of different people but you know some like to just stay in their house and yeah. that same job uh i think cuz of me due to being you know forced to move around a lot it's now seeped into my life now where Uh, I like to travel and I like to, you know, I'll, I'll even go to different gyms and get different looks and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and I, even if I, where I'm living now, I'll probably end up moving in a couple <laughs> of years time just because I need a new, new change, new scenery. So, sure. um, yeah, look, overall, it's not easy and it all depends on your personality type. Um, but you make it work. Mm, yeah. I'm, I, I'm sure from that moment, you didn't like have that moment where you like, you realize you will fight or whatever. But what was that transition to like to your first ever session in like a, a gym, a, a dojo or whatever? Uh, when when I first kind of started, like yeah. like I'm gonna do this seriously. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, that was when I was about seventeen, eighteen, uh, when I made the decision um, to do it full time. Yep. Uh, my coach at the time, Kelly, in Noble Park, he offered me a job and a house to stay at. And I was the youngest guy in the room, so I was I was training with like heavyweights and light heavyweights, and uh, we were training so hard, man. Like he pushed us like till this day. I give him so much respect for like almost molding me, you know, into like this warrior. And, okay. um, so yeah, it was. I think um, yeah, I don't know. I got a little bit lost with that one, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that, what I was getting at was essentially because obviously. From that moment, as a U7 kid, you had your first, like, I guess, somewhat of a fighting experience. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to know, like, how was that transition when you actually first started your classes or whatever? Did you hone into that aspect or you're like, like, oh, I was a young kid, I need to get into this? Or was it your father that pushed it on you or your, your parents? Yeah, my, my father was the first one that kind of got me into martial arts. He was a martial arts fan himself and yep. enjoyed... Uh, and he would even show me the first kind of UFCs that happened. So yeah. I was watching it with him and... Um, <laughs> 
What was when the I first fight? Sorry, bro, if you don't mind me uh, asking. It would have been on the Hoist Gracie. Like, yeah. it would have okay. been Hoist Gracie just putting it over everyone. Like, yeah, yeah. this random guy. Yeah. I still remember him telling me a story too, like that they picked him to compete in the UFC because he was the, the weakest, essentially, or the smallest one out of wow. all the Gracies. And yeah. they said, oh, if we put him with one of the other boys, that's big. Yeah. People will think it's rigged. Yeah. So we got to put him with the smallest one to prove to everyone that jiu-jitsu works. Mm. Um, and I think uh, around 16, I, I did my first Brazilian jiu-jitsu competition, mm -hmm. Australian Championships, and I won. And he had like a few months training uh, in BJJ. Then and there, I almost felt like a sense of, okay, like this feels very natural to me. You know, this I, I love this feeling, whatever it is, and mm. I, I want to keep doing it. So... Um, it clicked almost for you. That was your moment. You realized, okay, I could actually make something out of this. Yeah, yeah. It's it was just like a suit that fits right. Yeah, I couldn't really explain it, you know. But what, whatever it was, it was just like this feels natural. This feels like what I'm meant to do, and we're just gonna just go yeah. with the flow. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I understand. I get you. Did you look up to anyone at that point of time? Because obviously, <laughs> right now, BJJ MMA is like the thing you see. You got absolutely you see all the boys doing it. Like, even us younger guys, we've got guys like you guys to look up to. But, like, in that period of time, was there anyone, I guess, from the older generation doing it at the time that you were like, okay, like, I want to aspire to be like them? Mm. Uh, nah, growing up, I didn't really have any role models at all in, yeah. li in life or in fighting. So I never really had that, I want to be like this person or I want to be like that person. So, but early on everyone wasn't good in MMA, right? In UFC, there was, there was like a really good jiu-jitsu guy or there was like a really good striker. Or yeah. a wrestler. Yeah. Or a wrestler, exactly. And there was maybe one or two guys that kind of put things together, like Ken Shamrock and maybe one or two other guys. Yep. And early on, I was like, if, I was, if I'm going to do this, I have to be good at all of these things. Yeah. Yep. You know, yes, the jiu-jitsu, you know, can, can beat everyone. Um, but yeah, I have to be good at everything. So... Yeah, I, I just took inspiration from different people and different art forms mm -hmm. and, uh, and tried to just mend it together and be as all-rounded as possible. Because mm, you'll see, like, for example, like, the evolution, I think, would have started with, like, GSP, yeah? Mm. Where you see this guy, he's, mm -hmm. like, like, he was a decent on-foot fighter, but, mm. like, extremely good at wrestling. Mm -hmm. And then you have, um, for example, Khabib now, who's basically proven that if you're extremely good at one aspect of, of fighting, you can dominate. You know what I mean? So is there a particular fighting style or, or, or martial art that you feel like you honed in and have mastered so far? I guess grappling came natural to me. <coughs> and um, I guess, I don't know if it's my body type or it was just my style. Yeah, I was going to say you got it, the wrestler build. If, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I do get on top of you, it's it's not a good good time <laughs> at all. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, I th like you said, GSP was probably the first that you know, we could see someone as all-rounded and uh, can put things together. And not just the striking and wrestling, but the IQ and the athleticism. And yeah. yeah, I would I would say wrestling, grappling, but yeah, just there was, everything. There was, a, um, there was a podcast I was listening to from Joe Rogan and GSP was talking about how he prepared for the second fight with BJ Penn because mm. obviously the first fight, BJ was catching him. Mm. like, And he realised that the reactions of BJ Penn were a lot quicker. So they went frame by frame to watch who was like, and they were saying there was like a two frames per second or whatever it was. 
of that. Like, so if GSP went toe to toe with BJ Penn, mm. he was he was no chance basically. So they go, okay, we had to switch because obviously BJ was was lining him up in the first couple of rounds in the first fight, and then they switched tactics, and GSP just took him down and dominated from there. But um, they they noticed that there's like this one percent when you get to the elite of the elite. There's only these 1% differences that create the separation between whether you're going to become a champion and not a champion. And do you feel like you're in a position now, inshallah, to kind of push and, and get those 1% here in Australia? Or do you feel like we need, you need to go elsewhere in order to get that stuff? Um, yeah, Aust Australia is proving now that the best talent is coming out of Australia, which is really exciting. Uh, we have the resources and the coaches and the, the understanding of sport or all different sports to put everything together uh, and and be as great as you can and obviously yeah it's, it's kind of been proven already you know Robert Whittaker, Volkanovski, Adesanya and many other amazing athletes coming yeah. out of Australia and New Zealand from from this part of the world so uh, of course different countries have got their their specialties yeah. you know you've got your Dagestan Chechnya for their wrestling and whatnot and you know even say Europe for striking but no, you can you can definitely get everything that you need here. Yeah, it's definitely because you notice that there's like phases where, like for example, you know, um, Greg Jackson was killing it, mm. and then you had uh, Faraz Zahabi, his style was killing it. Trevor Whitman, obviously, recently with Gaethje and the calf kicks <coughs> and stuff like that. Mm. You start to notice that there's kind of phases. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the next phase, obviously, you've seen Adesanya now. And his resilience and the, and the, the what, what's the gym called in New Zealand? That's City it? kickboxing. Yeah, so yep. you see that they're kind of dominating at the moment. Um, do, do you feel like there's a there's a there's a new generation of you know of, of fighting style that's being brought up here in this area? In yeah, Yamana? yeah, for sure. And that would be people that are able to put everything together. You know, the sport is evolving, and it always, yeah, like you said, has its phases of maybe techniques or positions that. Uh, popular in that time or that works in that time and people yep. aren't you know haven't caught on to yet so as as much uh, knowledge as you can get and techniques you can get and find what works for you because like we could all go train with for us you know and maybe only something will work for you but it won't work for me yeah it's my body type or, or whatever it is but then we go train city kickboxing there'll be something that works for me and maybe not for you mm. you know so as a young fighter you have to you know, one, once you reach the ceiling in, in your gym or room, you know, you have to either get your coaches to show you new things or you need to train with new training partners to get different looks or, or travel to, to learn. So you have to always be uh, expanding on your knowledge and, uh, and craft. Yeah. So ju just for people who, who don't know who you are, because I forgot... Did we have to introduce the guest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bro. Um, this is Khan. He's actually the Hex Fighting Championship uh, featherweight champ at the moment, or did yes. you vacate the title to... Uh, still, still the so champ. Yeah. Yep. So my apologies, bro, because <laughs> I'm like, I'm not as connected to the Hex Fighting Championship as I would be with anything else. But basically, uh, for people who don't know, the Hex Fighting Championship was actually the ranks that Adesanya went through in order to get to where he is now in the UFC. He held the title in the middleweight division as well, correct? correct. So this is, alhamdulillah, is a very good stepping stone for our brother uh, Khan, Genghis Khan Offley. Let's just put that there. Yeah. What a name. Where'd you, where'd you come up with that? Honestly, that is like one of the most killer names I've heard. Yeah, I don't, is that a young age for some reason? I think maybe I was even just searching my, my lineage or history, you know, about the world and, 
and culture and everything like that. And, you know, of course, I came across one of the greatest conquerors. Um, and people will argue, I guess, to see, you know, if he was actually a Muslim or not. You know, <laughs> yeah. He had the tendencies, you know, as, as much as being ruthless. But uh, it's a very different time. And uh, I just, I kind of heard his story, read about his story and, um, you know, looked into him more. And I just, I just got like, Crazy, yeah. It's like, man, like <laughs> this man is amazing. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's a warrior. You know, he's got an empire, conquered the most amount of land. You're probably his descendant as well. For all you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm looking into him more. I'm like, oh, that, that region, this region. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man, like we we must, I must be in his bloodline somewhere. Yeah, you know? for sure. You should do it ancestral test. Yeah, it's yeah. very yeah. possible, bro. So it was just more like just kind of, just really, you know, enjoying, you know, liking his story and and kind of almost looking up to him in a way as this amazing conqueror and that was just that and then years later we'll kind of uh with some other fighter friends and we're eating uh, lunch and people were talking about fight names for themselves and everyone started <laughs> kind of choosing their own fight names it was like yeah. like one or two fights in you know everyone's like oh you know my fight name is going to be this 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 yeah. and they came to me and they're like what about you and i'm like oh, i don't want to fight that man. yeah like, oh, can't, you know and they're thinking maybe I had a tattoo. I got a tattoo when I was young of uh, Genghis Khan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, they kind of they looked at my arm and they're like, oh, "What about Genghis?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Genghis Khan means great king, mm -hmm. uh, and Timurjin was was the conqueror's name. You know, Genghis Khan. Yeah. So they're like, you know, use great like Genghis and your name Khan as king. And I was like, say less. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah, that's what that's what it's gonna be. <laughs> That's how that happened. That's uh, amazing. That's and um, you know, like obviously, when when you put a name on something, it means that you have to fit the bill, yeah. Live up to it. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. It's a very uh, hard name to actually live <laughs> yeah, up yeah. to. So. Um, but I I almost you know use him as my alter ego when it comes to the fighting, and yeah, just tap into tap into that. Uh, because I've noticed there's Alexander the Great Volkanovsky <coughs> and then now there's Genghis Khan, bro. What, what, what a battle. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you're insane. obviously in the same way. Both from Australia as well. As well. Two, two great conquerors <laughs> yeah. of our... Of our uh, not far away from each other. No, not at all. <laughs> if you both go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, that'd be funny. But I, I obviously, <laughs> I think that you probably won't ever cross paths at this time because you'll probably be at the end of his career and you'll probably be, you know, inshallah, <laughs> getting the, the belt at a time when he's, you know... Yeah, well, I, I would say that that'd probably be the dream fight, right? Yeah. If, sure. if there was, like, if I just wake up tomorrow and someone's like, hey, we're going to make a fight happen. Yeah. It'd be Alexander the Great versus Genghis Khan. Yeah. Crazy. In a cage on top of Ezrock or something. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Middle of the desert. <laughs> and and you, know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just palm trees and just, yeah. It'll be good. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. just touching on what Wally was mentioning about the marketing stuff of mm. things. You know, we've we obviously seen um, Colby Covington come into the UFC mm. And nobody really gave a crap about who he was or whatever. He was a nice guy, you know. He was just floating about. And um, his fighting wasn't really doing the best because his style was a bit boring. Mm. And then he created the persona after that one fight in Brazil that he had that he's this white supremacist kind of, you know. Yeah. You know, like MAGA wearing, all that <coughs> kind of stuff. Is there, do, do you, are you getting advice from anybody in the background telling you, you know, you got to create some sort of a persona for you to kind of, you know, make waves in it? Because obviously Conor McGregor's. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely a thing. Uh, yes and no. Some people have been in my ear about it. Uh, the way I like to see it is just be yourself and uh, things will come. 
then again, yes, it works to put on a little bit of a persona and, and it's entertainment at the end of the day, so you have to <coughs> be and act a certain way sometimes. Then again, there's there's champions like Volkanovski himself where he doesn't get the credit for this, but yeah. he, he kind of, you know, he was 13 and 1 when he got into the UFC, so he had a real long and hard pathway to get in there. And even though he got in and he was smashing all these guys, you know, like Chad Mendes and he beat, you know, Jose longest reigning champion in brazil mm. and like like he did it but like still wasn't getting the credit exactly like he, he's got it now but um you know, it's pound for pound now he's the best now but he went through that that period where people weren't really like praising him or like you know <coughs> and that just kind of shows like just stay on the grind do your thing be yourself you know and you'll get there the hard way and sometimes it's the best athletes or the best people in the world that have a slower path yeah. it's almost like let your work do the talking for you essentially well, sure, and you can get to places quicker if you be someone who you you know that you're not. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you lie or you know do some wrong things. Yeah. You may you may get to where you want to get to faster, yeah. but uh, you'll also fall down quicker yeah. too. Because he's a fighter's fighter, yeah. That's like you know the way they have like rappers and they say, "Oh, he's your rapper's favorite rapper," but nobody knows who he is. Yeah, do you know what I mean? He's like underground or whatever it is, but. Just, you know, for me, for me, just, just call someone out randomly. Just like, you know, yeah. <laughs> just shake the boat a little, bit, up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, obviously, like you were saying, you don't like being something that you're not. And understandably so, bro. I, I think that's a lot more commendable and respectable, especially if you've grown up with morals and ethics of like, I don't want to, I don't want to like cheat my way to the position I want to get into. But when I think about it, I'm like, well, Volk is a perfect example of what you're saying, you know, because... He's somebody we've seen dominate fighters that don't look like they should be dominated, like Max Holloway, for example. And he didn't get his respect until recently when he went toe-to-toe with Islam. By the way, I'm not happy about that. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but um, now obviously there's there's this there's this fine line between um, you know being acknowledged and obviously seeing Mighty Mouse have to leave the UFC because of his his lack of you know uh, drawing a, a big thing, fight yeah, number yeah. and so on and so forth so i would then ask you like is it, you still going to stick to it or <laughs> uh no look i'm definitely coming out of my shell a little bit more and just trying to be you know uh, i'm naturally funny you know i do have a funny side to me i just got to yeah be myself yeah. and um you know yeah there'll definitely be sides yeah. of me that people <laughs> you know they're like oh like he was like he's like that you know and it'll still be in the most, you know, humble way possible, but, yeah. you know, there might be a little bit of shit talking yeah. or name calling <laughs> or something like that without uh, hurting people too much. But uh, that's what I do. I guess I hurt yeah. people at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's part of the business. Yeah, in the business of yeah. pain, huh? Yeah. I just want to like take it back just a little bit to when you were saying the early stages, fighting sort of almost like came to you. Um, and then now, obviously, as you like progress in your career, um, you obviously get better than you hit that ceiling, as you said, type of thing. I want to know what gives you that inner mo- motivation every single day to like continually fight and I guess be the best version of yourself and the best in the world, I guess. That's the long-term goal. Yeah, well, this sport doesn't pay too much. Okay. Um, so it's you, you definitely kind of have regrets um, or you know thoughts of if you should be doing this or not. Um, what I mean by when I say fighting chose me is uh, you know, no schooling, no father, um, no real support network at the time. So that was my only way of kind of living and uh, you know, following a dream. And like, let's let's be real. If you, if 
you want freedom or safety or security, you need to be rich. You need the money, yeah. yeah. And uh, otherwise, you need to know how to fight. Yeah. <laughs> Something agitates it recently. <laughs> you know, so that's how you're going to get respect point. in yeah. this world. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. Uh, so I'd rather be broke but know how to fight, you know, than broke and not know how to fight. So someone comes into my family home and tries to take everything I, I got, you know. At least I can protect my family. At least, you know, if all things go crazy in the world, you know, I'll have some skills to be able to get <laughs> through. You know? yeah. but, uh, right now, I want to be both. Yeah, I want to be rich and a fighter. But yeah, uh, yeah. so Bring that's on. that's kind of where I'm at and what drives me every day because I'm like, I don't come from much. You know, I come from humble beginnings. Yeah. And I made this decision to, to make the most out of my career and um, to be a world champion. So that's what drives me every day, bro. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. I wanted to ask or touch on, if you don't mind, um, obviously the passing away of your father. Um, how do you feel that affected you? Because uh, obviously, I don't. What, what age did he pass away when you were seventeen? You said? Uh, about seven, yeah, eighteen. Yeah, so obviously, his formative years of your life, and I'm not too sure how he passed away. Was it uh, uh, suicide? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Is it, are you comfortable touching on that, bro? Yeah, we can we can speak about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, my dad was a good man and he kind of was the type of person that would do things for people all the time out of his heart and do it for free. So in his life, he kind of uh, got taken advantage of, um, you know, and it was just the, the type of guy that would just want some sort of, you know, thank you or something. Like it wasn't even anything major. So he just had a really good heart. Mm. And I guess over the years, you know, things took its toll. Um the, the sad thing kind of about that is, uh, to actually tell you an interesting story about that mm. is, um, and how everything else kind of connects in the world in a funny way. Uh, when it happened, I was at the beach. It was a really hot day. It was like 38 degrees, 39 degrees. And we were at the beach in the water with a few friends and throwing a ball to each other. And out of nowhere, I got this massive pain in my, like, cramp almost, like, immobilized to the point where I couldn't like lift my arm up and like my friend threw the ball at me and I couldn't catch it and my face changed and everything I was like what's going on and he looked at me he's like bro are you okay and I was like nah you know like from smiling laughing he's like nah nah I'm not, I'm not okay and um, this pain you know, huge pain in my neck and shoulder so I go out of the I get out of the water and I'm just like what the what's, what is this feeling and um, something tells me to check my phone, and I check my phone, and I've got like 10, 20, you know, missed calls from my uncle. You know, I, I call him, call him back, and he's like, you know, "Quick, come to the hospital. Your father um, hung himself." And that was like a huge, huge, huge shock mm. to hear that, and also to kind of experience what I had just experienced with this huge, you know, kind of pain mm. in my neck and. And everything kind of was like flashing before my eyes and wow. it didn't make sense, you know. So, yeah, then and then I kind of like just rushed to the hospital. I was going like 150 kilometers down just normal roads, probably got like 10 fines. And, yeah. um, he was he was on life support for a week or two. So uh, that was also hard, you know, knowing if he was going to be okay or not. Yeah. But uh, eventually we lost him. But, yeah, that moment that I had that pain and it was like kind of the same time that it happened, like – one of the most bizarre things that I've ever experienced in my life and how crazy, you know, it shows that this world is, you know, connected. Um, you know, you hear things with, like, twins, like, feeling, you know, if they're kind of away from each other. Mm -hmm. and 
something happens to one, they feel it. Telepathy, yeah. So yeah, look, that was that was a really hard time in my life, and um, took me a little while to get over it. But uh, yeah, so I'd always be thankful to my life and martial arts, and uh, it being able to give me an outlet to express myself yep. um, in a positive way as well. So, hang on a sec, you guys are not subscribed. I think you guys, before you start the video, make sure you subscribe, turn off the notification bell, and enjoy the rest of the video. Is is there is there a particular moment where you kind of, you know, you, you just had to feel, okay, you come to terms with what's happened, and obviously, like, w or like, what methods did you use to kind of, you know, come out of the? Because it's 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 a dark situation. Mm. It's something where it's you can't really feel that void anymore because your father's your father. You know what I mean? Mm. Is is there a particular thing that you did to kind of get a, like, kind of get back to normal everyday life? Uh. There, there wasn't really, and I don't, I didn't really see anyone for counselling or, or anything like that. I do have a bit of a special power, to be honest, and I got it when I was young, and when I was going through any trauma in my life, uh, when I was young, uh, I had, I've got, I still got this skill that I can really block things out, mm -hmm. like, and I can really focus and zone in into one thing. When I was younger, it would be like. You know, parents are fighting. I'm like zoning into like playing a video game, mm. or you know, reading a book, or coloring, or mm. doing some shit. So that skill in it in itself, I didn't realize. You know, I, I kind of kept on to. You know, so I use that skill when I go into the cage and I can zone in and focus. Or I've got some external problems in my life. I'm able to. I'm truly able to block things out, and um, and just do kind of what's in front of me. So. Yeah. Yeah, that skill in itself, you know, blocking things out, it's not the most positive thing. Mm. Um, but you can also use it to, yeah, to, to not think and to kind of keep training, keep staying healthy, you know, and, and kind of stay on the right path. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So obviously there's a few last questions. No, no, go, 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 go. Um, so obviously there's there's a massive topic around mental health now. Um you know, like, especially with the experience that you've gone through, do you feel like there's alternatives besides fighting that can help people through what they're going through? Because obviously there must be somebody else going out there who's actually going through what you've gone through. Mm. Is there a particular thing that you did besides fighting and blocking it out that kind of helped you, you know, come to terms with what happened? Yeah, I would say I, I got lucky. Allah gave me a, a power to be able to deal with my, my trauma and all the, my hardships in life. And maybe I'm luckier than others. Mm. You know, so uh, I hope that you know, someone that's kind of gone through hardship or gone through suicide or mental health will have uh, the power or the strength to find something to, to keep them on track and you know, to keep their life positive. But 100%, it's seeing someone, speaking to people, the worst thing to do is to keep it in, you know, and uh, me letting it out was in the gym. So I think regardless of, of being a man and being, you know, feeling strong, you need to go in the gym, man. You need to go in the gym. You need to train. You need to be healthy. You need to feel good. And then you feel like you've got the power to overcome other things in your life. It's a very simple thing. But, you know, when you're sitting at home and you're in bed and you're not doing anything, you're not getting out of bed, like it's going to be very hard to tackle your life problems if it's financial if it's mental if it's relationships you know 
it's like a small little foundation that you need to get yourself out, mm-hmm. you know, to push yourself, to work harder, to strive. Mm. Um, that will then you know, have a ripple effect on, Definitely. you know, getting on top of other things in your life. Definitely. Um, but yeah, of course, you know, we know um, psychology and, and speaking to counselors and whatnot is a good thing. But all I can kind of say is, is yeah, find find your outlet. Find your outlet that you can express yourself because the worst thing is to, to bottle things up, let that bottle fill up, mm. and then someone all someone needs to do is just flick you and then you know, you're know you set off. You know? So uh, to not allow yourself to ever <laughs> reach that point of that bottle filling up. So when I say expressing myself, that's my... So if my bottle's filling up, life's getting hard, you know, I've got stress problems, I go to the gym, I work out, I sweat, and I empty that bottle a little bit. You know, I don't let it to fill up. Yeah. So... Um, and everyone, everyone needs this in life. You know? No matter who you are, how much money you've got, what car you drive, everyone's got problems, everyone's got uh, things that they deal with. Definitely. No one's perfect in this life and we're all given tests uh, on this earth. So it's just, it's normal, it's a, it's a part of life. Um, so yeah, we just have to be the strongest men and women possible to be able to overcome anything that comes to us. Mm. For sure. I think part of that is like also acknowledging that you go through hardships and we all go through yeah, just having that understanding alone, like, you know, your life's not going to be perfect, you know what I mean? And that may be harder for other young, some people to understand if everything's been given to you from a young age and you haven't really experienced any hardship till you know, you start getting a little bit older. And even now with my fighting, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's normal. You're going to be tired. Some days you're going to be injured. Some fights you're going to go in with an injury or mm. this or that and just, just know, okay, like, it's just part of it. It's part of life part of being tested um so just having that understanding almost being prepared for the good and bad days yeah it's much easier to to get through it yeah and you see even nowadays as well like i was recently watching like as in how the mental strength in life like even directly correlates or translates to um the fighting game as well Mm. like i was watching a documentary you know the new conor mcgregor documentary that came out and a reporter asked him how much of the the fighting game is about mental strength you know, and before in the early days, they'll be like, oh, yeah, 50, 60 percent is that. And he goes, it's everything's about it. Every, it's 110 percent mm. is all mental strength, you yeah. know. So I see how that directly um, correlates. And I wanted to know, and I want to ask you, when you go into the fighting scene, or let's just say into the cage, um, are there certain things that you tap into or hone into to give you that sort of um, mental <coughs> fortification? Yeah, I do. Uh and just touching back on what you said, like if you look at all the champions, mm. most of them, I would say like 90% have gone through some sort of hardships in their life. Mm. You know, you got Charles Oliveira come from the favelas. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, that fi- photo kills me every time <laughs> <the one laughs> on his motorbike. Like, yeah. most amazing photo, you know, like anyone's got to get inspiration yeah. from that. And Gandhi as well, digging up the holes. Do you know what I mean? Like, come on, like swimming through the sea, you know, to for his life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so the hardships almost, if you can harness it into a positive way or into fighting it, it 100% correlates and will give you more power than the other man um, and I use that when I go and fight sometimes if I need something to fuel me mm-hmm. my life my own life my own past fuels me already mm-hmm. um, you know, when I tap into Genghis Khan the conqueror sometimes <laughs> you know I, I strip everything apart and I'm just like well we're just battling now, you know, like it's not a competition anymore. It's not a, it's not a fight, you know, it's not a championship. It's my land versus yours, you know what <laughs> I mean? It's my last name versus yours. Like sometimes I go to that extent. 
of ruthlessness. Um, and sometimes I just touch back on what I've gone through. I'm like, this guy hasn't gone through what you've gone through. Mm-hmm. And he, didn't, he didn't have to experience that. You've experienced it. You deserve to be here. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, so using all my hardship to almost fuel me. And honestly, like, no, like every single time, that guy feels it. Mm-hmm. Yep. He looks at my eyes and he's like, oh, this guy's yeah. not backing down. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> this yeah. guy's like legit here. Yeah. Like he's going to die here, you know? Like, yeah. Um, so that's kind of my vibe when I go in there. And I, I, all my hardships, you know, my whole life, like that's, that's what I'm fighting for, you know? I'm going to keep turning up. I'm going to keep being there. Yeah, definitely, bro. Yeah, and that's a different energy, man. That's a different energy compared to someone else that's just, you know, had it really good and nothing's gone wrong in their life. And, yeah. and your yeah. position will see it as well. And like you said, they'll feel it. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, it's an unspoken thing, yeah. but mm. it's just it's straight energy. Yeah, because you're talking about two people like basically fighting and there's the possibility of death, yeah? yeah. And then you got one guy who's basically looking at you like, bro, you can throw the kitchen sink at me right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm not getting you. I'm like, wait, do I feel? And if there's that little inch of doubt, mm. obviously, if you don't have that mental fortitude, there's that little inch of doubt, it's going to get into you yeah. and you're gone. It's but a common theme as well between athletes as well, like... Um, like LeBron James was once saying this in regards to like being that one percent of top NBA players out there. It's like every like there's a lot of people that are not in the NBA that are, like possess the skill set required to play basketball. Obviously, mm. you know, but they're just people out there that just want it even more. They have like a story behind them that motivates them that just to keep going pushing every single day. It's like why do you want to rock up to training today? It's like because it's such and such. Mm. Why do you want to win at the end of the day? It's like because it's such and such. You know, it's like story that builds it he would almost make things up you know to fuel him so mm-hmm. sometimes yeah you do need that like you, know, you can't have every day where you wake up and you're fully motivated yeah. and whatnot so you can have off days uh, i was reading a book where he was like he would look at someone that's that's wearing his shoes yeah. or something like that and just get angry about that you know <laughs> just to just to fuel him for that match <laughs> yeah. you know like something so silly and small but just shows how he's tapping into something else um to have an edge mm-hmm. on him definitely so obviously you you're fourteen and oh correct is that fourteen or fifteen and 0? no no I've had I've had two losses um, I've had two decision losses one was a split decision the other one was unanimous um, so I'm eleven two one okay so yeah fourteen fights because I remember I remember like there's a post fight interview when you had the title mm. obviously you took the the championship fight on two week two weeks notice yes that was a great fight by the way I watched the highlights <laughs> to that and I was just like. Nah, this kid's suburb, bro. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know? two yeah. weeks notice. Part of the year, for sure. For sure. And plus the guy that you've gone up against, sorry to cut you off, ahead, but the bro. guy that you're fighting against, obviously he put up a great <coughs> performance as well, you know what I mean? Definitely. So Definitely. he almost like brought the best out in you. In exactly, a exactly. And that's what's going to happen now with, you know, the level of competition in, in, in the UFC. Mm. I'm going to be fighting the best and they're just going to force me to bring out everything. Mm. So, um, you are going to touch on that just now. Um, the whole idea of fighting in a place or an organization that you've been watching since you were obviously a little kid. What's that like? Like, what is is it is it excitement? Is it nervousness? Is it a mixture of a bunch of emotions? Or uh, there's look, there's definitely nerves, but I would say the nerves are more so excitement now. Um, it's one of them things where. You're working at this thing for so long and so many years and you're rocking up and you're training and sometimes the the end goal isn't as clear anymore, you know, and you kind of, you, I used to have visions of, you know, even on my laptop I would put like, you know, 
my my screensaver or whatever it was wallpaper yeah. um, of the UFC cage. You know, back yeah. when I was young. So like every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, man, I want to fight. You know, small yeah. things. I do small little visioning things. Yeah. Then the, those years where I just thought, I don't know when it's gonna happen, how it's gonna happen, but we're just gonna keep rocking up and doing it. Until recently, where um, you know, I've been on a, on a recent tear and I've been quite active and I had some good performances where I was like, oh, we're so close now. <laughs> yeah. Like all them times I thought like, when's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? It's like, we're here now, you know? So um, that's really exciting, you know, that it, it's almost like, what do they say? Um, like a 10-year overnight sensation type of thing, you know? So been working at something for, for so long but some people just see like you mm. doing you know great things now mm-hmm. yeah so long yeah. is the goal to be in the show or is the goal to run the show and become the champ of course bro i'm not yeah yeah, like, yeah that's I'm, not it. Doing, <laughs> I'm not doing this just to you know yeah i guess just take part um because it sounded like you were just happy to be there <laughs> no, no 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 like i man i'm gonna go there and do whatever i can and of course my goal is to be a champion uh, and be a UFC champion and if you're not thinking like that then what's the point of being there at all yeah though? like yeah you can you can be part of it and whatnot but I mean, every, everyone's got a different life and a different story but that's not mine mm. Mm. I love that 100%. How, how's it been for you in terms of balancing like emotions like in terms of let's just say even confidence because you're hearing UFC a lot people are probably talking about you or even to you saying oh like you almost say you almost say you should be there right now why aren't you mm. how is that in terms of balancing your emotions staying honed in with your training, um, it it it's like it's almost fueling me. You know, it's almost like okay, yeah, it, people are like letting me know and whatnot, and that makes me feel good. That almost gives me confidence too, where uh, it doesn't allow me to have a day off now, where it mm-hmm. feels like I'm so close. I want to make sure that when I get in there, no stone unturned, you know, and I'm the best uh, best version of myself. Um, I'm sure with every fight, you know, there's nerves and there's excitement. Mm. With each fight, the stakes get higher, the crowd gets bigger, your support network gets bigger, mm. you know. So um, that's always going to be a tough element to to balance. Um, yeah, you know, and, and that's just that's just something that comes with it. Everyone will experience mm. some sort of emotion when it comes to fighting on. Yeah, the biggest platform in the world, and mm. it all goes back to sort of like your preparation prior to. Like those big fights. Exactly. Yeah, your, your training, your mental training, your breath work, um, all your preparation leading up to that. So that shouldn't be something that affects you. You should just you should just go in there and be excited that you know, you've, you've kind of made it to the big where you wanted to get to and yeah. um, do your thing. Yeah, speaking about preparation, you were recently obviously in Bali. Mm-hmm. Was that in preparation for something that's happening in the future or is that just straight training? That, that was just training. That was just training, uh, or almost maybe first phase of my camp. Mm-hmm. So I have i don't know when I'm fighting. My last couple of fights have been short notice. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, the last couple of years, I got inspiration from, from you guys that uh, no days off type of thing. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just always training, you know. And sometimes I would, I would always be training, but sometimes I would have a few weeks off or this or that. And now I, I train seven days, honestly. Oh, like wow. I train every day. And um, yeah, like the intensity will vary, you know, but no days off. And um, sorry, I've got your question. I was just touching on to Bali. like Bali, yeah, but Bali, I've got the yeah. gist of it essentially. Yeah, just the first phase like, of camp, yeah. lose some weight, get some sun, like Bali just get re energized. 
That's what I thought. Mario on the honeymoon. Slash honeymoon. <laughs> slash honeymoon. But it was yeah. a 10 week camp, wasn't it? Or something uh, along those lines? No, I, was there, I was there for about four weeks. Four, four weeks, weeks, okay. Yeah. Um, that's enough for you to <laughs> yeah, 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 get yeah. the vitamin D and, and yeah, get a sweat. Sure. And have a bit of enjoy the barley side of things. Exactly, oh. exactly. So yeah. now I'm energized. So now that was my little four weeks reset. And yeah. now I'm uh, ready to pump it in the cold. <laughs> when, when you were, were like, when you used to watch UFC when you were younger, is there a specific fighter that you used to look at and say, I really want to emulate his style? Or are you wanting to create your own style? Because obviously there's, there's, um, there's people that have pioneered certain uh, avenues of fighting within the UFC. And we've seen it over the years, if everyone's been watching, like there was Mirko Krokop back in the, in the pride days, you know, head kicking people, <laughs> their heads off their shoulders. And then you got GSP with his all-roundedness and you got Khabib dominating in the wrestling from Dagestani style. Uh, Sa- Samba, yes, yeah? Samba, Samba, yeah. yeah. So I'd ask you, do, do you want to be somebody that's creating a fighting style or are you kind of using somebody's mm. blueprint, basically? Mm. That's a good question. I guess it's a bit of a different question than you know, who's your favourite fighter. So you can use both if you want to answer both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I would say my favourite fighter is myself. Uh, I love that. <laughs> but also low-key, maybe Muhammad Ali <laughs> as one of the greatest. Um as to my fighting style, uh, I have to be honest and say, of course, I take things from different people and try and make it work within myself, but uh, I think I'm a unique individual. And yeah, I, I feel like if you watch me, you can't be like, oh, he fights exactly like him. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm creating my own style yeah. almost, and I feel like everyone should be doing that anyway. Yeah. And there'll be certain things or rhythms or footwork that will work for most yeah. people, um, but not their whole game. Do you yeah. have like a signature move? I, I, I've never watched you fight. That's yeah. the problem. I, I should have watched you. you. Show you after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, the real deal. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, Exclusive. You know how Gaethje kind of signature the calf kick, yes. and then you've got you know Masvidal's stutter step punch or whatever it is, and it's kind of like a signature move. I know I'm kind of putting a WWE reference yeah, yeah, yeah. on this stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> is there something that you kind of do that differentiates you from other people or are you really good at what you do? Uh, I, I, I seem to choke a lot of people out, bro. Like yeah. It seems, seems to be my thing that when I get onto someone's neck, like it's it's usually done um, and I can get it from a, different, a lot of different positions um yeah what i really love about that is no matter who your opponent is no matter what round no matter how fit they are like you can kind of defend an arm lock or a shoulder lock or whatever it is um or you can get rocked and kind of come back but yeah when you're in a choke when you're in a submission like you're passing out yeah, you're it's, passing it's, out regardless, yeah, yeah. It's, it's done so <coughs> it's one of the things i love about it yeah um yeah and everyone's obviously got their own little specific traits and what's called whatnot that makes them specifically them but even on the like the other side of things as well is like now you're the upcoming fighter here in Australia. Like Australia needs like other someone other than I guess uh, Jack Jenkins and Volkanovski and all those boys to like get behind. You know what I mean? Like you've seen it with like the fights in Perth, yeah. The fights in the one that's coming up in Sydney, the one in Melbourne that happened a couple of years ago, where they get sold out straight away type of thing. You know what I mean? And it's almost amazing that it's coming here. You know? Yes. Um, and obviously we've got UFC 293 coming up, possibly trying to head towards that. Is that a goal of yours? That's that's definitely a goal. Uh, UFC Sydney, uh, also UFC Singapore, also just got announced uh, recently. So, 
out of the two, um, and of course there's contender series mm -hmm. that is a possibility. So any of them three are options, of course I'm jumping onto. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it's it's really exciting. Like if it's Australia, that would be a dream to be honest to be able to just you know fight at a filled out stadium. Like we yeah. know it's going to be sold out within a couple of hours. Yeah, like, you know, instantly. Like it's uh, it's pretty crazy how how much support that Australia is giving towards uh, mixed martial arts. You know, it's the fastest growing sport in the world, um, but we love it over here. Yeah, so. Australians love to get behind their own as well. Yes, you know, yes. Like we've seen that like yeah. heaps of times yeah. as well. You know, and there's there's I wouldn't say there's many of us, but not really in the UFC. If like if you compare to like, I was looking actually the other day, I think there's only about five six hundred people rostered on the UFC. Pretty crazy, very small number. Uh, but if you look at how many Americans or Brazilians there are, it probably doesn't compare to Australian or New Zealanders. So mm. we're, we're still kind of, I wouldn't say new in the sport, but um, definitely making We're starting to make a name for our, 100%. ourselves and stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah. What's it like training with the other boys? Like I know you've rolled and trained with Volkanovski, mm -hmm. um, Jack Jenkins and all that kind of stuff. Does that give you obviously some sort of inspiration mm. um, as to to getting into the UFC and whatnot. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm so grateful to have uh, them guys and also the experience for them sessions. Um, Jack Jenkins is an amazing training partner and an amazing athlete himself. Very strong. Uh, all three of us almost have a very similar body and fighting style mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, so to have that experience alone is like, I'm sure many people around the world would yep. die for. So, it gives, uh, gives myself a lot of confidence and anyone else from Australia that's trained with us or yeah. them boys, huge confidence that we can uh, we can take it onto the world stage, you know. And sometimes when you're so far away from the world, you don't experience uh, training with other people or <laughs> seeing things. So we just see people on TV. Sometimes they look bigger on TV too. Yeah. You know, it's like UFC it's guys I've trained with, like Al Jermaine or, you know, some other guys. And I met him in person and I'm like, Short <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're just like me like yeah when i was younger i always used to kind of like feel almost in not intimidated but like oh so so far to go or so much to grow these guys are just as fast as you just as you know it's not a huge gap yeah um so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's it gives it gives everyone confidence Did yeah when you're rolling with Volkanovski, for example, obviously he's pound for pound one of the best in the world right now. When you're rolling with someone like him, can you feel the difference? For As sure, yeah. He's a he's a unit, man. He, he's really strong. Um, he's he's got all the attributes, to be honest. You know, he's fast. He's technical. He's powerful. Mm. He's compact, um, and he's got a really good fight IQ too. You know, the guys like always thinking. You know, like your first round with him. You know, I think most people's experience with sparring with or training with Volkanovski is like the first round they probably think it's like all good They're like oh yeah, yeah. and yeah, then he's a champ he's all good he gives you the heat move around but he's watching you he's he's reading you he's filling notes and then second third round it, it's like a different person you know what I mean so uh, the senses get turned up mm. yeah and like there's not a, there's not a lot of people like I've trained with some some other champions and and Russians and Chechnyans and Dagestanis and I've yeah he's he's definitely special. Mm. Well, yeah, so yeah, I want to say one thing. Yeah, I'm a bit ignorant to this obviously because I come from sort of like a, a basketball football background type of thing. 
But what's the scouting like in like the UFC? So to fight at like UFC 293, um, like how do you, obviously you make a name for yourself by winning and whatnot, but to get into the UFC and break through, is there like a specific method or do they send people down? How does that work? Was no, there an application yeah. you feel? No, no one, no one really knows how it works and there's yeah. no real formula. But from my experience and what I can tell to the young fighters is the fastest pathway to UFC is to be to have an undefeated record and to have finishes. Mm-hmm. That would be the number one first way to you know, make headlines and, and, and get in there. Uh, of course, your social media or external things can help. You know, sometimes we've seen some celebrities and whatnot uh, get there quicker or you know, I- in life get, get things a little bit quicker than others that deserve it. That's just because of you know the followers and whatnot. Definitely. So that's just the world that we're in. So that that plays an effect too. Uh, yeah. So your your record, you know how exciting you are. Uh, as we know, like in this world, it's it's also networking too, and who you know, being you know, at the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in Australia, we're so far away from the world. You know, luckily they're doing more shows here, which gives uh, guys more of a chance. But. Mm. If you're living in America or Europe, you're definitely going to get have more exposure to being on different shows and uh, getting on you know quick notice fights and stuff. Like here, if I was to go, you know, if they were offer me a fight next week, mm-hmm. UFC in America, I would say yes, but I would have to get visa, you know, and have to go through that oh process. Yeah. So like, just that alone, yeah, you can miss out on an opportunity because we live in Australia, definitely, you know. So uh, just things like that, you know. But undefeated finishes, that's that's the number yeah. one way to get in <laughs> other than that it's just be a champion keep fighting yeah. be exciting and yeah. yeah your time will come so, so. They, they've kind of separated basically the human being so that if for example you got one chink on your armor which is like a loss but it was a split decision mm-hmm. they don't really care they're just like there's a billion people that are trying to get into ufc if you're there if if, if you have that that clean record those finishes will bring you in that means you got something that we want to see and if not, then kind of stuff like mm. it is what it yeah, is. Yeah, they want to see warriors, you know what I mean? Yeah. They don't want to see people just edging out wins and decisions because that's not as exciting as two people kind of leaving it out there. And what's more exciting than two guys undefeated fighting each other? Exactly. That's like that element of you know, competition and energy is like... Yeah, definitely. Um, well, you've definitely been making a name for yourself and uh, inshallah, hopefully we see you at um, You'll See 293. That's definitely... Um, just before we end the podcast, I'm curious to know this, but what's your go-to coffee order? Go-to coffee order is just a strong latte or strong three-quarter latte. (laughs) (laughs) You tried a magic before? I have tried a magic. Uh, Not there. It's kind of a new term. I I feel like it's kind of like a three-quarter strong latte, right? (laughs) Exactly, yeah. I just got to say magic (laughs) from now on. Yeah, Yeah. it just sounds fancier, yeah. Is that you guys are on the magics? He loves the magic. I'm a simple man. Yeah, this guy's a magic guy. Superman. Simple man. Espresso. Espresso. I don't need coffee. I don't need caffeine. But for me, it was like, for the longest time, I used to just get piccolos because they're like mini lattes, yeah? And they hit you with the right amount of energy that you need, you can move. And I was like, you know what? I want to enjoy this for a little bit more. A little bit more, yeah. I was doing magic. I was yeah. like, oh, wait, this exists. Yeah. I go to Sydney, order a magic. They look at me like, what is wrong with you, cuz? Yeah. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, I'm like, oh, you never heard of magic before? They're like, nah, bro, get out of here. It's <laughs> so nice in culture. Place. Melbourne's a place, man. Yeah. Yeah. Coffee, we, it's got to be the best in the we world. We killed it, yeah, in yeah. that aspect. And yeah. it's good that we have our own little, like, we can't be telling people that, like, we're the 
coffee coffee capital of Australia and then not have our own little, little coffee, you know what I mean? Hundred percent, yeah. Um, and Magic's a good one for it too, for sure. Yeah. Is this pre-fight as well? Having coffee, you like an extra one, or uh, no? Nah, I just I, I try and just stick to one a day. Okay. Otherwise, it'll give me too much jitters and whatnot. So yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you, you know, think? That of coffee buzz. It's like sometimes. Too much. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> 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 I love it. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of Tate? He drinks ten to fifteen cups of coffee and he just smokes cigarettes. Apparently. Is that true? Yeah, apparently, yeah, yeah. apparently. He <laughs> and Willie runs with it now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, well, I run with the coffee aspect yeah, of it. Coffee, the yeah. aspect yeah. of it all. Co- um, no, nah, but he was just tapping into the whole side of um, trying to be into the, like that primal state, I guess, where he goes, it gives him that sort of like edge to be ready type of thing, you know what I mean? And I sort of understand that, you know what I mean? Because you get that little anxious, like borderline jittery feeling. Because you don't want to be on the other side of um, the jittery side where you're like, anxious and jittery and all that kind of stuff mm. but it does give you that bit of like that focus type of thing you know what i mean i feel you i feel yeah. you in. yeah i reckon we can end the podcast with one last question so your dream fight you've already said volkanovsky yeah, yeah. <laughs> is Make there another person there that's on the on the horizon hopefully someone that's you know as well as volkanovsky is but maybe not like obviously achievable somebody in the past you know somebody dead or alive Oh, God. Uh, alive is a good question. I like that. Yeah. Alive, man. Yeah. Uh, no, there's nothing, no one that I hate that much. To bring him out of yeah, the ground <laughs> <laughs> to fight. <laughs> um, nah, Nobody? Uh, Volk? Uh, if we're talking like in the UFC now, I don't know. I was watching the last UFC event or one before, there was a featherweight fighting Alice Casiris. Um, fight him. I'd fight him. Oh, this week. Bruce Leroy. Bruce Leroy. Yeah, that that's him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like that'd just be an exciting fight. That's yeah. all. Um, and he's like, you know, I think he's a top ten or top fifteen. So yeah, someone that I'd like to fight or maybe will fight. There's a, there's a lot of guys in the UFC, and yeah, I'm sure I'll get well, through them all. Whoever sure. they put in front of you, that's it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, thank right. you for joining us, bro. Thank you, man. Honestly. I think we'll leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just so the audience, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on my Instagram page. I'm usually the most active on that, yeah. posting things and stories and stuff. Uh, so my name is Genghis Khan Offley. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Facebook, Instagram. Hopefully we get YouTube kind of going soon nice. as well. That'll with be some great. Vlogs and maybe some, some mini documentaries leading up to fights and stuff. So that's something that, that, that we'll be starting soon. So uh, yeah, it, uh, yeah, there'll be things to kind of tune into and, and look forward to. So um, Love it. yeah, jump on board. Let's do it. We'll get behind our boy Genghis and hopefully we see him at um, UFC 293. <laughs> we'll be there, inshallah. Thank God you, um, Genghis. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to coin him the name. He's already coined that's it to himself. You <laughs> yeah, know? that's true. Um, but you guys know the drill. Make sure to like, share and subscribe and uh, we'll see you next week. Peace.